Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope that you're having a great day. It's now time for episode number 60, soon to be joined with my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, board-certified gastroenterologist, and we are digging in to mycology. Yes, kicking it off. Two fun guys talking about fun Gus. So let's get straight to it. I think that you will really like the series, which we are about to kick off. So with no further waiting, let's get into the people that pay the bills. Autron Teal, get your daily polyphenols at Autron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com slash KBMD. Get your very own polyphenols from Autron Teal, lovemytummy.com today. Second, of course, go and if you like great food, don't forget that you can always head over to unrefinedbakery.com. Are you a paleo eater? You can't tolerate gluten, you want just some great bread, but you're worried about the way that it's going to make you feel, Unrefined Bakery, take 20% off your entire first order at unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20% for your entire first order, unrefinedbakery.com. And last but not least, head over to kbmdhealth.com for your very own Dr. Brown signature packages, Atron Teal, CBD from KBMD Health as well as the only professional curcumin added to broccoli. That's right. So furafanes for you, your health, use code GCP for 20% off of any order. Hey, short intro because we are kicking off an awesome series here. No guest today, so we're going to get straight to the, uh, to the information for, about mycology and fungus. There's over a million different types of mushrooms, which you may or may not be aware of. However... Just tune in, episode 60, starting now. Hello, KBMD Health Family and Gut Check Project fans. It's time now for episode number 60 with my awesome co-host here, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. Dr. Brown, I think with this episode, number 60, we must be a couple of fun guys. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a pretty good pun, because today we're talking fun guy. <laughs> we are talking fun <laughs> Mushrooms. Guy. So we're, it's pretty exciting. I was watching on Netflix um, a show called Fantastic Fun Guy. Oh, Logsdon was talking about that. Yeah, and so a lot of people, if you get a chance, go ahead and take a look at this. Paul Stamets, I learned about this pre-COVID when Paul Stamets went on uh, Joe Rogan. And at that time, he was talking about it, and they're trying to raise money. So I rent or I purchased the movie sure. through Amazon Prime or one of those and watched it because they were supposed to go to various locations and show it at theaters, like, uh -huh. in, like, in, like in really cool locations, like okay. outdoor theaters and stuff like that. COVID hit, didn't get a chance to do it, and now it's on Netflix, so you can see it. It's great, but what it does show is just how complex fungi are and the whole kingdom of fungi which includes the mushrooms which everybody thinks of them as mushrooms and we're going to get into that a little bit but today we're going to talk about that and not just kind of what they talked about i mean there's a lot of stuff in the medium right now about magic mushrooms and different things like that but we're going to talk the nutritional aspect because an article just came out recently and i think you're going to start seeing a big push of people discussing well how do we use this as a functional food and that's what i want to get into today it's huge and interesting because growing up, I think that my only exposure to mushrooms were if they happened to come in a soup or if it was, a, you know, a, a portobello or a baby bella 
or just a traditional, you know, white Texas mushroom. I really didn't know much else. And if they grew in the yard, of course, your mom was like, don't touch those. They're probably poisonous. So I, I think it's kind of amazing how people kind of transitioned on this is actually something that could be very, very beneficial given the right circumstance. Absolutely. It's so cool. There's so much science with it. And you're right. Like it could be poisonous. Unfortunately, uh, a good friend of ours, Dr. Russ Avron, a gastroenterologist in San Antonio, if you're anywhere in that area, make an appointment with him. He's amazing. His uh, chocolate lab ate a skull cap, I believe, and caused liver failure in his poor dog. He's really close to his dog. And so that happened to our pig. Oh, that's right. Snoop Hoggy Hog. Snoop Hoggy Hog. You yeah, had a pig. We did. And Snoop Hoggy Hog ate a death cap. And it was very sad, but it literally followed the, uh, the timeline of what happens when a mammal eats. eats Is it that. a skull cap or death cap? Is it called a death cap? I I was just assuming skull cap was another one. I didn't really know, but I mean, uh, I'm we, barely getting into the ones you can eat, let alone the, the ones <laughs> you're not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, uh, I think the death caps, at least in Texas, they'll follow the tree roots of oaks or post oaks, and we've got a lot of oaks. Oh, okay. And um, so where, where where we lived at that time, and uh, so he was kind of lethargic for a day or two. And then there was about three days where he was really energetic and, and hyperactive. And I hated to see it, but there, it, it's almost like there's just this turn. It's about a six to seven day Ooh, cycle. brutal. And there's not a whole lot you can do. Regardless. I, I was just sitting there uh, this morning. Actually, this morning I was, you know, doing the like news feeds. And of course, something always makes it up on Reddit. There's a woman in Taiwan where her landlord won't fix leaks. Mm-hmm. And she was showing pictures of her bedroom. Where the leaks are coming down to the wall, it's becoming a whole wall. It's a mushroom growing apartment now. Really? Yeah. And she was just showing. It's just like strips of mushrooms. And, you know, it was getting a lot of comments. Like if you, you know, is that this? Well, if that's that, then you can eat it. And that's good news. And other people are like, you're just breathing in spores. You're going to (laughs) die. Pretty sure it's not the best place to have mushrooms all over your bedroom. But that is part of it. I, I don't know if it is or if it isn't. We'll get into all of this about the beneficial aspect of mushrooms. This is not a show about uh, what what mushrooms can kill you. We're going to talk about how you can utilize mushrooms for your overall health benefit. And I was blown away by how healthy these are. Like people aren't talking about it. I always thought mushrooms were just something to add texture. That yeah, was it. sure. I didn't really think much about it. No. And now this is really cool because we're going to even sample a mushroom dish that has uh, the nutritional value of this is pretty cool. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm excited to sample it again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cool. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the wonderful Dr. Christian Mil- Villamure. That's how you say her oh, name. Oh, yeah, right? our last guest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Kristen. Well, she did something really cool. Uh-oh. I didn't even tell you about this. No. And she sent us signed copies. Oh, with hey. Is that Biohack Your Brain? Dear Eric, says right there. Dear Eric, she left a little message for you. Wow. Biohack Your Brain on our last episode, episode 59. Uh, Dr. Kristen, it's it's spelled Willemure. Uh, it's pronounced Willemure. PhD, super smart, fantastic woman. She sent us both signed copies of Biohack Your Brain. And I think she's going to end up coming out with um, edition two after she hears this episode, because I think we can help even biohack your brain more with these mushrooms. Dude, but- amazing. Thank you, uh, uh, Kristen. This is uh, this is a, a very, very nice gift. And uh, 
I mean, the feedback from that episode alone is really kind of amazing and ongoing and people are, are wanting to learn from her book because we referenced it. But uh, yeah, she's, that's a smart cookie. And a study just came out today, uh, sort of verifying everything she has in this book. A study just came out with a huge, huge number of people that showed those people that eat flavonoids, which she discusses Correct. in her book, um, significantly decrease dementia later in life. Oh, We've talked about polyphenols all the time, but today we're going to come off the whole polyphenol thing and talk a little bit about mushrooms because I'm, I'm just excited. I feel like we're kind of pulling the lid off of this whole mushroom thing the way that we did with polyphenols, and we keep getting deeper and deeper. Well, let's do it. I'm, yeah. ready, I'm, I'm ready to learn. Yeah. I, I'm, let's go ahead and jump in. Before we jump in really quick, I was just thinking about this. I, I have not seen Mac or Marie around, and I just... It's odd not to see them. Are they everything going okay with Mac and Marie? Um, they are alive. Okay. And they are not in the country, what? as in as in the United States. They are in a country. Um, so everyone is, I mean, everyone's susceptible, uh, I guess. And uh, as a family, we took a trip to Panama, the country. Not Panama Which City. on the news, those vacation trips looked amazing. Yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> It was a great trip. I mean, it really was a wonderful family vacation. And we we, uh, we weren't trying to go around crowds. Unfortunately, we, we did have to go through an airport. So I'm assuming that possibly that's where the infection took place. But I don't, I don't know. No one knows. But uh, all four of us flew into Panama City. We immediately got into a rental car. And we drove five and a half hours deep into the jungle down to the Zuela Peninsula. It, we surfed, had a great time. And then we set up a test for us to be tested outside of the Panamanian International Airport, the Tokyman Airport. And um, uh, we were advised that be sure and do it outside of the airport because if someone happens to be positive, you can then quarantine yourself and then schedule your own subsequent tests to come back. So we did that. The only problem was is when they called to give us our results, we were already in the airport. We didn't realize that there was that caveat. So when informed that Mac was positive on his antigen swab, Ouch. that uh, I said, well, do we need to leave? And they basically, we were informed, well, you're already on camera and you're there and you got to stay. So essentially Mac was, was COVID positive. The uh, pain. Did he have any symptoms? Zero. Zero. No, okay. no, no fever. Doesn't, doesn't feel bad. Um, but, he, and since he's only 17 and not 18, that meant that a parent had to stay. Fortunately for us, Marie does all of her work digitally, almost. And uh, she's able to stay with him, but they are in a hotel room until the end of this week. Did they get to choose their hotel room? That sounds neat. Wasn't necessarily a choice. <laughs> Wasn't a choice at all. And they're only in the room. And Marie... And Mac both deserve huge credit because they've kept a great attitude. I don't think I could have pulled that off. But uh, she, she took some funny videos when they first got there because when they get their meals, they either flash the lights in their room or they buzz their room and tell them that they can go down the hallway. And this is a, this is a very nice hotel. The hotel's not old at all. It's very, very brand, it's brand new. So it's a Panamanian COVID hotel. That's where they're quarantining there all visitors. six or seven nice hotels that are quarantined for visitors currently. And they, um, they didn't have to walk down the hallway and then an unmanned elevator, 
appears with their food and marie took a picture of it. it's a very stephen king yeah it sounds like a horror film yeah where you're just it, like it, opening it kinda is. you're waiting for two little girls on tricycles like, here's your food <laughs> yeah very much the shining <laughs> and uh and I, I think i think if only for you know five days it would be kind of funny as we're approaching 14 days no one's really laughing much really <laughs> ready to come home I, I say on the news because all my employees have showed up to work and they're like hey we saw eric's family i'm like you didn't see the whole family yeah just <laughs> just just half but uh, marie did marie gave him pictures she was contacted from a local affiliate because uh and i think i could be wrong but i think she has a, a client who has a connection oh uh, okay and so they reached out to them and and uh, Mac and Marie are both good sports, and, and they, they went along with it. And I want to say, just like they did, the Panamanian people, wonderful. This is very little to do with them. We're not above anybody's protocol. We went with exactly, I mean, it, it happened. We thought we were being cautious, and, you know, we're, we're still going to enjoy ourselves as a family, and that's what, this is the risk that we took. I think it's, and I think that's great. I think the lesson here is if you're, when you come into a country, you have to be COVID negative, and we're all getting used to taking those tests before we go. And then when you leave, at least do it a day or two before so that you don't have to be part of the governmental process. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a couple of lessons uh, certainly in there about the way to, to handle it, just simply because of the, the way the bureaucratic rules are. And it's, it's no one's fault who's, who's necessarily down in Panama. However, that being said, you know, would we have traded in the, the vacation and the time that we got as a family to, to not ever have those experiences? I, I'd still say no. Yeah. And so I would mean, they. Those, those, those pictures were amazing. The uh, Panama just looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. Anything going on with you personally besides spending all your time trying to figure out how to get stuff to them in Panama? Oh, man, they, yeah, that was not very much fun. Uh, everything else kind of pales into comparison. I'm really not going to get anything else. <laughs> work, work, lots of work, and that's enough. Uh, yourself well because you've got something coming up with uh you've got a young one that travels and yeah does so this is relevant so lucas had a really good showing at one of the largest tournaments of the year called the kzu tournament in kalamazoo michigan him and his partner nico godsick won the doubles awesome and then he made it to the finals unfortunately didn't pull it off because the winner gets to go to the u.s open so it didn't quite, but still a huge bracket, 250 some kids, the best in the country. And he made it to the final. So super proud of him. But your son also overcame in the semifinals, a six, one loss in the first to come back and win the next two. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So in the semifinals, he came out a little, but it just shows the caliber of play that's out there. If you oh, don't yeah. have your game face on, you can, or if you're just not firing on all cylinders and you know, he's playing two matches a day, every day for whatever, seven days in a row. Pretty wild and really cool to see that that level of play. They uh, streamed it online, so I was able to watch these matches and you know and and love that my son was able to give a very gracious and appropriate loss post loss speech afterwards, where they kind of hand the mic to you and you kind of get the you understand what it's like when you you miss out on something you want so bad and they're like, okay, that's great. Hey, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Put a mic in front of you. I think of the Naomi Osaki stuff that's going on and how the, the media stuff, but, um, so super proud of him and we'll see what, what goes on. He's going to be doing some international traveling. And so we had a long talk about what Mac and Marie are going through and how we're going to do the testing now and how to make sure that you cover your bases and how to prepare that if you have to stay for an extra two weeks, I will say, uh, gauge when we, when the news broke that, uh, 
that some people were going to have to stay because of uh, quarantine. Gage was obviously negative, and he looked at us and he said, "Well, I'm getting on the plane." So <laughs> he he he's back at uh, he's back in in Lubbock at Tech and uh, getting ready for the fall semester. He's looking forward to just having a fall semester where they actually go to class. Yeah, which, like a like a real college experience. Yeah, yeah, totally. Super uh, proud. Carla's taking tennis serious enough that now she's going to do online school. So she's joined the, what, I guess the more competitive group at the lakes where they practice in the morning and oh, they wow. do stuff. And so she's doing some fun fitness. This is the only thing she came home and she was like, yeah, they hired this fitness guy and he's talking about fast twitch muscles and doing this and explosive power. And we were doing all the exercises that you make me do. I'm like, I'm telling you, yeah, <laughs> you guys think I don't read. I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you <laughs> just cause I'm a country butt doctor doesn't mean I can't at least read some stuff on sports performance yeah I'm, I'm learning that parents don't always get the same credence but it's all right yeah so well i think uh, got us up to speed here that's been an interesting week that you've had yeah same for you yeah so let's talk mushrooms is it all right so i want to talk a little bit about the nutritional value of mushrooms and the effects on the microbiota we always talk about the microbiota and i had no idea that mushrooms in fact there's very little in the literature about this about the effect on our gastrointestinal health okay. through mushrooms. We'll eventually get to that. Before we do that, we gotta talk the mushrooms. The beautiful mushroom that everybody thinks about, which is the fungi. The actual thing is, this right here is the cap. Mm -hmm. Underneath the cap, you've got these gills underneath that, and you've turned a mushroom over and seen the little lines that mm -hmm. are there. And then below that is the is the basically the stalk or the stem, and then beneath that you have the mycelium. What you'll learn if you watch Fantastic Fungi is that it's all about the mycelium. This that we eat that we think are mushrooms, this is basically a sexual organ. It's the what they call a fruiting fruiting. Body? It's the fruiting body underneath those gills, right through here is where all the spores are made. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, what was his name that we had in the podcast that knew everything about mushrooms? Oh, that was... Uh, early on. Uh, Cooper Reed. Cooper Reed talked about it like it just flowed off his tongue. And I was yeah. like, what's he talking about? He used the word gills, spores, mycelium. And I'm like, what? Well, the mycelium is fascinating because that's basically without the mycelium, we don't exist. The mycelium is, it's so cool. Just watch Fantastic Fungi. But we're going to talk about the fruiting body right here because this is what we know more about mushrooms, about what's going on. Underneath here are the spores. They release trillions and trillions of spores. You actually breathe them in, whether you know it or not, all the time. Mm -hmm. We live in harmony with this organism. It's not a plant. It's not an animal. It's somewhere in between. And we exist because of this. Uh, yep. And I had no idea that this fruiting body is so good for you in so many different ways. So that's what I want to talk about. Let's do it. All right. From a nutritional standpoint, you were, we were working today and you're like, you know, I hear all this stuff. People throw out names and you hear things and Noki, shiitake and, you know, crimini and oyster and all these other names of mushrooms. There's some really cool names also. Reishi. Oh, yeah. Mane. Well, there's reishi, lion's mane. But then there's like. I mean, just really wild ones. If you watch the Netflix special, he just starts rattling off purple-headed dragons and mm -hmm. things like that. It's There's over, I'm going to get it wrong, I'm going to get all this wrong, but 1.5 million different species that we've identified. I did not know that. It's like some crazy number, like way more than plants and everything. So 
from a nutritional standpoint, that's what I want to talk about today. Because uh, we, I want to have a few other experts on to discuss some of these other aspects. But I've always kind of viewed mushrooms as just this filler that you just put into soups. Yeah. Or whatever it is that you want to do, salads, that just adds a little bit of texture to things. So I pulled the nutritional facts of a few mushrooms, very, very common ones. Brown mushrooms, also known as criminy mushrooms. Total fat is zero. Total cholesterol is zero. Total carbohydrates is four grams. Uh, protein is two grams. And the fiber content is 0.5 grams, which is 2%. So four grams carbohydrates, but 0.5 of it is fiber. Then you go to shiitake mushrooms, which you'll find in Asian food all the time. And same thing about cholesterol and fat. It's the same process. This one also has uh, two grams of fiber, 12 grams of carbohydrates. And then oysters, oyster mushrooms, it's got two grams of fiber as well, protein, three grams. Now, the aspect which I was unaware of is the incredible micronutrients in it. It's one of the only ways to get vitamin D outside of sunlight. sunlight. Wow. It has a significant amount of selenium. In fact, um, a small serving of criminy mushrooms, which would be like five small mushrooms, is 31% of your daily selenium that you need. And we have a hard time getting selenium in our diets. Mm -hmm. That's actually why I eat like a Brazil nut three times a week. I was gonna say I eat pecans. Yeah, yeah. to try and get that in. And then, other nutrients like copper that you don't think of, zinc, potassium, thiamine, all of these things, and even iron are in slightly different, very slightly different um, concentrations of these different mushrooms. They're all slightly off, but the micronutrient component of this is incredible. Copper is one that I don't really pay much attention to, but then I realize, well, it's part of a um, cofactor in a lot of different things in your body. It is, and so that is the mushroom content or some of the nutritional values of some of the more common mushrooms. So if you're going to take these mushrooms, make a stir fry or a soup out of it, all you're going to do is put five of these mushrooms, five of each kind into whatever it is. And what you're going to end up with is a total of a hundred calories, no fat or cholesterol, 4.5 grams of fiber. So that's 70% of the fiber that you need in a, in, in your whole day six grams of protein. So for me, 200 pounds, somewhere around 0.8 uh, grams per kilogram. So, so slightly north of 70 grams of protein. I get six grams just in the mushrooms. Nice. And that's kind of what I aim for is around 72. But the real key to these are the micronutrients. It's like 64% of your daily selenium, 64% of your daily selenium, a ton of vitamin D and a lot of B vitamins that I didn't talk about before, along with copper, like we're talking about. Okay. So learning about this, we had a little bit before we started the show. We did. So couldn't resist. Honestly, what we did is we made a, basically it's kind of, I don't know. What would you call this? A saute of Number one, it tastes incredible. So with this, in this, let's, let's call it a stir fry. In this stir fry, there is half a pound of grass-fed, grass-finished meat. We have half a bag of spinach. There's those mushrooms that we discussed mm -hmm. in those ratios. And what this comes out to is that with the grass-fed meat, 
the spinach, and this doesn't include the nutrients from the onions and the other things to add a little bit of flavor, onion, garlic, the zucchini, you're going to end up with 30 grams of protein. You're going to have 6.3 grams of fiber. Uh, well, I should break it down. The meat is 30 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. You add the spinach, that's 6.3 grams of fiber, 8 grams of protein, and 50% of your potassium. Wow. So you put the mushrooms in with this, mm -hmm. and this little bowl here, which we're going to take a bite of, all together is the bowl was a little bit bigger when we started. It's <laughs> 500 calories. 11 grams of fiber, 45 grams of protein, and like 90% of the micronutrients that you would need in a day. Mushrooms, spinach, meat. So take a little bite here. It is quite tasty. I'm going to let him bite so that you're not just sitting in silence while we chomp. But his has a little bit of hot sauce on, mm -hmm. on the top, which uh, I had some earlier with it, and it's also delicious. But um, all I can say is it's fantastic. And I'm a creature of habit. I can easily see myself doing this every day. So I would like to take credit for this. All I did is add the mushrooms, um, but there are. This is kind of a kind of a staple in the bodybuilding world. I didn't realize. I started reading about this. This is what people will do. This is they'll put spinach and meat, and they will use this for the whole week because then you add the mushrooms, and now you've got the micronutrients. This is essentially a, two bowls of this, and you're done with all the protein that you need, all the micronutrients that you need, and all the fiber that you actually need in a day. So, and, and to be fair, I would say um, for some, uh, uh, eating mushrooms sometimes is an acquired taste. And I don't, I don't know that feeling because I don't remember a time of not liking mushrooms. But I would say that this is, this is a, a dish that I would say is not heavy in mushroom flavor. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Like the way that it's kind of sauteed and put together. It's Definitely. It's almost hard to distinguish what is mushroom because they're, they're so finely chopped. What yeah. is mushroom and what is meat? It reminds, the texture's honestly, the same. you asked me to, to kind of describe what it would be and then you threw out stir fry, but it's almost kind of like a super healthy stroganoff. It's mm. kind of like a beef stroganoff taste Yeah. without strong mushroom taste at all. And I mean, it, I don't know. I think it's delicious. If I were to sit there, if you're trying to watch your weight and want to make sure that you eat healthy, or even if people with intestinal problems, a lot of people can't handle gluten. A lot of people can't handle um, some some starches, which can result because of what we work in, SIBO, IBS, mm -hmm. it can make it worse. This can be a very tolerable thing. And one of the things I really like about it is that you can get your body used to a certain thing every day. Oh, yeah. And then you can start expanding your diet a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really good. It's very, very clean. Um, like it's... The, the fullness that you get just from the, the natural fat and protein that's in there is, uh, is noticeable. So you, you probably won't overeat it. You'll feel satisfied mm. and you won't have a letdown because there's not a bunch of high carb sugar content inside. So. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Why is this so satiating? Well, in, on the Huberman lab, he talks about how your body, your vagus nerve actually sends an immediate signal that when it has reached a appropriate fat and amino acid content, mm -hmm. that's the key here. So when you have a food that has a high amino acid content, and then in addition to the micronutrients, there is a immediate signal that sends to your brain and it turns on a hormone called leptin. Leptin tells you that you're full. It's the exact opposite that happens in the food industry, which very highly processed packaged foods, they purposely make it 
with the emulsifiers that it actually, well, the emulsifiers make it shelf stable, but the emulsifiers actually do micro damage to that nerve and that signal gets lost. Mm -hmm. So instead of turning on the I'm full hormone, it turns on the I'm not getting enough nutrients called ghrelin and you get hungrier, which is why you can eat a whole bag of Fritos or whatever your whatever your um just crappy chips crappy chips or anything yeah they the food industry hires phds to figure out how to make it so that you will eat more of what they're making if you're still hungry you're still buying more product because you're rifling through whatever they just sold you so a really simple way if you're fighting i'm not gonna go so far as saying you're fighting food addiction because i think that's a whole separate deal but if you are somebody that fights cravings a really good idea is to have something like this on hand, mm-hmm. eat a cup of it, and then wait 15 minutes, then open up whatever vice that you feel necessary that you have to do because you're going to end up eating less of it because you've already turned on this hormone that says we've had enough. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It. It, make, it makes sense. I mean, quite honestly, uh, when I was much younger and coming out of college, I didn't have the best eating habits. And I would say I was I was falling into the pattern of being an overeater because I wasn't satiated. What was that crap that you would you would eat like a yoo-hoo when you were oh. doing, when you were a driver? What was it you would eat all the time? When I was in college? <laughs> yeah. It was called a milk chug. <laughs> yeah, a milk chug oh. and a fried pie. I can't believe oh, a oh, milk uh, chug and a fried pie. Yeah, and now yeah, we're talking that, or, or or a milk chug and a fried pie, or sometimes I get a package of ding dongs. <laughs> I, I was that was the pinnacle of health. <laughs> So the package of ding-dongs are there to make you eat more ding-dongs. That is for sure. And the nutritional value is essentially none. So <laughs> that's that. So today we were, you were like, um, we're going to talk mushrooms? I'm like, yeah, I want to talk mushrooms. Let's get, let's get into this. And first thing you said is, you know, I hear these names, but I don't, is there any science on this? Or is this just people saying, oh, you should eat reishi or lion's mane or, or whatever. I think there's shagas is another one that people always talk about. And all these different ones. Cordyceps is one. Sure. And how how are we quantifying? How are we, how are we quantifying what we're measuring, and how do we qualify that the data is real? And it's I mean, we we do that a lot. So it fit in perfect. I'm so glad that you asked that today because one of the reasons why I wanted to do this particular topic is because a study just came out not too long ago, like a few weeks ago, on in the Journal of Functional Foods, and the title of the study is the role of dietary edible mushrooms in the modulation of gut microbiota right in our wheelhouse. Uh, Definitely. So how do these mushrooms affect your gastrointestinal tract and how do they affect your microbiome? So that's what we're going to cover today. And it's really cool because I learned a lot. They, they're so powerful and I mentioned earlier how we pulled the lid off of polyphenols. Mm -hmm. There are so many similarities in a different lane. Nice. So we talk so much. We've got so many episodes where we talk about the um, innate immune system. We talk about the adaptive immune system in relation to polyphenols. We talk about the how the polyphenols will increase the diversity of your microbiome, how polyphenols get broken down into postbiotic, anti-inflammatory, anti-aging products. And this is all based on the science of these PhDs who've shared with us their brilliant work. Right. This is, when I started reading this, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're saying something so similar by a different mechanism. So let's just jump right in. This is a super sciencey article. So I'm, if I get too weird with it, you know, dumb it down and come back because it's, uh, it's really complex. It's equally complex as the first time we were discussing the polyphenols. Yeah. 
if you look back, we did an episode with um, Sylvia, Sylvia Molino, and her research was just insane. It talked about how she took these complex polyphenols that are in Atrantil, the Cabracho and the horse chestnut, and she showed that they get broken down into smaller phenolic compounds like ECGC, which is green tea extract, and like quercetin and these different things. They didn't get into how the mushrooms do this, but I suspect it would be something quite similar yeah. through a different arm because these aren't polyphenolic compounds, the yeah. same ones that we're talking We'd about. We'd have to find a fungus, Sylvia. We would have to find a fungal equivalent of Sylvia, correct. So it's very sciencey. I'm going to try to cover just some highlights of certain types of mushrooms, some of the more common ones that you may have heard of. And there, it's very complex, but these mushrooms have a wide range of constituents like things called glycoproteins, polysaccharides, phenolic compounds, and triterpenes. Oh, okay. So we talk about terpenes when we're talking about CBD and cannabis and things. Yeah. All right. So the first one that they covered was reishi. Mm -hmm. Now, reishi has been well known for its anti-inflammatory, anti-tumor, something I didn't know, acetylcholinesterase inhibition. So we talk about that when we look at the... Um, huh. the um, the episode with Angie. What was the title of that one? Anyways, when we talk about dysautonomia, acetylcholine has a big role. If you read Biohack Your Brain, she's got supplements to increase your acetylcholine. They do that by decreasing acetylcholinesterase. And Reishi has significant anti-allergic properties. So what these team of scientists did, and this is out of China, where mushrooms have been used forever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more widely accepted that that is a functional food. These guys summarize that reishi influences the gut microbiota by improving the intestinal barrier, Okay, improving the intestinal barrier function, increasing microbial diversity, and it does a shift where it reverses bad bacteria and increases good bacteria. Very specifically, reishi consistently would decrease bacteroides and increase for Firm, firmicutes, firmicutes. Anyways, firmicutes. I don't remember. How to I'm going to mispronounce it. Mike got all over me for doing the you know, <laughs> the resveratrol versus resveratrol. So let's just assume that I mispronounce a few things once in a while. All right. So what it does um, by doing that is that significantly increases the short chain fatty acids and anti-inflammatory postbiotics. They don't describe it as that. What they do describe is molecules are then converted from the polysaccharides into anti-inflammatory constituents also. They're, okay. de they're describing postbiotics without using the term. So all of these things in the literature has been shown to help with sugar control, lipid control, weight management, and immune regulation. So when you said earlier, is there any data on this? Mm -hmm. These guys, that's what they did in this article. They summarized the data on Reishi and showed this is what it's used for, this is how it does that, mm -hmm. and this is why it helps with sugar, weight management, lipid, and immune regulation. Yeah, well, I mean, you could even stop at the acetylcholine being able to increase by stopping acetylcholinesterase, and that would be a benefit even then by itself. Mm -hmm. So that's reishi. Uh, lion's mane is another super common one that you'll find in supplements. It's one of the more popular supplements uh, for mushrooms. And it's mostly due to lion's mane. Some studies were shown, I think it was in the 90s, that lion's mane can actually help with nerve regeneration. So it's been used a lot in the neurology world. 
And the reason is, is they believe that the beta glucans that are in lion's mane show an anti-aging and neuronal regeneration property. The prebiotic component of the lion's mane has been shown to have a positive influence in changing the pH in the colon, which increases the ability of other bacteria to produce butyrate. Mm -hmm. And in inflammatory bowel disease models, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, it decreased the inflammatory cytokines intraluminal that have been shown to cause the damage. We've talked a lot about cytokines on this show. A ton about cytokines. While, once again, it improves the microbial diversity, and specifically, it has been shown to control the amount of Clostridium difficile that is being produced. C. diff is something really bad. If you don't know what it is, good. If you know what it is, I'm sorry, you probably had it. That usually takes place when your microbial diversity gets shrunk down due to antibiotics, Mm -hmm. and then the C. diff takes off unchecked. Now, studies also show that lion's mane proteins are similar to immunoglobulins, like IgG. So structurally, these proteins look a lot like, well, you might know it as um, SBI or colostrum. That's the immunoglobulins. And so those are the things that your body produces to help fight infections. Correct. So it looks like that. And this can result in this anti-allergy, anti-tumor effect. And so there's so many studies going on with lion's mane right now. Not so much in the Western world, but there's a lot of studies going on in the Eastern medicine world looking at that. I mentioned shiitake earlier. Did you have something to say about lion's mane? Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we've only gone gone in two, and uh, both from uh, reishi to lion's mane, there's a little crossover. And uh, when you mentioned uh, neurogenesis, possible neurogenesis with lion's mane, it reminds me there's there are other mushrooms, too, that we, we're not going to cover today. Oh, no, no, cool. no, we're going to cover all of them. Oh, okay. we, we only have 1,498. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really long episode. <laughs> But it's cool though, just like just like traditional plants that we that we're that we're used to talking about. There's going to be some crossover and benefit from the way that certain fungi uh, performs. I guess what I'm trying to say because there are other neurogenic uh, or uh, yeah neurogenic properties of of other mushrooms. There are other uh, acetylcholine boosters in other mushrooms. Anyway, I just kind of point that out that there's. Absolutely. complementary aspects. And they kind of get into that in the Fantastic Fungi about how there's this symbiotic, sometimes competing, depending on what needs to be done. Yeah. Some mushrooms will augment each other. Some mushrooms will repel others. And this is kind of what it's showing that from a nutritional value, these things do kind of the same thing in a slightly different way. Yeah. Where they're all kind of doing it. Like, for instance, uh, shiitake mushroom. In colon studies... It is a potent anti-inflammatory. Specifically, the studies that they reference, it showed that it decreased interleukin-6, TNF-alpha, inducible nitric oxide. Oh, we talked about that? These are all things that we've talked about on prior episodes, usually related to polyphenols, and COX-2. While it increases the anti-inflammatory cytokine called interleukin-10. Hmm. Very similar to what the polyphenols have been shown to do. They've just been studied a little bit more over here. So COX-2, just as a reference, if you've ever taken aspirin or anything similar to aspirin, you're, you're, you're basically blocking COX-2 with that. This is, a, this is nature's way of at least injecting itself into stopping that kind of in, inflammatory process. Exactly. So shiitake, also what's really cool about shiitake is that the studies have focused on its effect on the brain more specifically multiple studies have shown that it can help with anxiety and depression now this is through something that you're very familiar with 
it increases BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Yeah. Brain-derived neurotrophic factor and decreases something else you're very familiar with, NF-kappa-beta. Oh, yeah. We've talked about those, too. So these, so NF-kappa-beta is like the first domino that starts a whole process of inflammation. And if that's always being tipped, that's chronic inflammation. BDNF is a protein. I'm going to say this. It's a factor. So yeah. let's just call it a protein. Yeah. yeah. So it's a protein that crosses the blood, blood-brain barrier and helps... A decrease inflammation in the brain and helps clear out toxic aspects of it. So BDNF is one of the reasons that have been shown that eating a diet high in polyphenols increases your BDNF. Now we've got a shiitake mushroom here that actually has been shown to do something similar. Yeah, that's super cool. It's really wild. Now, as well, it increases nerve growth factor. So Dr. Villamure will love this because she has a whole section in her book about nerve growth factor and increases neurogenesis in the hippocampus. In Biohack Your Brain, she explains what the hippocampus does and how important it is and how relevant it is to memory and how you can regrow these nerves. And people didn't think that we could forever. I was taught in med school, once, you, once a nerve dies, you're done. So when, what, when, what are we dealing with today with our aging population, an increase in incidence of dementia? So possibly an early intervention with uh, shiitake mushrooms could be could be something that could be arming your body to, to help that. Yeah. Uh, the one, another one that they discussed, which I'm unfamiliar with, but it was listed in this nutritional uh, roundup that I found on mushrooms. It's called maitake, oh. otherwise known as hen of the woods. You ever heard of it? I've, yeah, all of the time. My, my dad often talked about maitake, and I always knew he was talking about his hen that was always stuck in the woods. Oh, wow. He named his hen maitake? Yeah. Well, he didn't want it to be your talking. <laughs> So, yeah, something like that. Terrible, stupid joke, really. You know what? It's okay. You don't have Mac around to listen to your bad dad jokes. It's he okay. Will, you can, you can he fire will call me out, me. mostly just by complete disinterest. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hen of the Woods, your dad's talkie, yeah. uh, showed that it was, it's, it's richer in phenolic compounds. So it's, it actually has some of these polyphenols, polyphenols not, yeah. the, not the ones we talk about, ones that I've never heard of, but they're phenolic compounds nonetheless. And it has high levels of these beta-glucans, which are very unique to cell walls, but it's the beta-glucans that make these mushrooms functional foods. Studies have shown that it has an increased and profound effect on increasing anti-inflammatory microbial species. So basically, they showed that it will increase the species of your microbiome, which will keep bad bacteria in mm, check right it's kind of that whole yin and yang type thing and it increases short chain fatty acids producing species of bacteria so what was really cool about the maitake is that it seems to focus more on the surrounding environment of bacteria so that these other mushrooms can let those bacteria break them down into good things so it's all about signaling and getting the bacteria to grow kind of like we talk about with um spore-based biotics where they mm. signal to have more of these less of these it's and it's trying to manipulate this stuff after after we get further and further into it trying to say oh we're going to turn this into a drug so it does this one thing you start realizing this is way more complex than we could ever single-handedly manipulate 100 percent. so basically it still works as a prebiotic and it helps produce all these other beneficial bacteria so we're not actually going to cover the other 1,499,994, whatever we did. But to summarize, these were the only ones that they actually looked at in this article. 
because the article's thick and they went into tremendous detail in each one. But to summarize it, edible mushrooms like this have a very positive effect on regulating dysbiosis, so your microbiome, maintaining the balance of good to bad bacteria ratios, increasing short-chain fatty acids, specifically butyrate. The short-chain fatty acids result in all kinds of benefits across your body, uh, including blood sugar control, blood pressure control, weight management, and brain health, all of this together. So now, if you think about this, these mushrooms work different than the large stable polyphenols, like I was saying, but there's a lot of overlap. Sure. So it's a compliment. It's a compliment. I'm starting to see this beautiful Venn diagram. So our food right here, amino acids in the meat, we've got a bunch of polyphenols, colorful plate being in there with the spinach and the zucchini, and then all those mushrooms are in here. Mm -hmm. That is a Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's, a, it's super good, period. So that is our first take on mushrooms. We've never done a mushroom episode. No, we haven't. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and reveal it. We've got a series of some pretty awesome guests lined up to come in and really kind of school us on some really cool, deep aspects of mushrooms, the applications, how to find out what to look for if you're utilizing mushrooms to improve gut health or similar. So this whole mycology world is really neat. Once you start showing a little interest, oh yeah, they were. I mean, we've got we're emailing people right now. Like, I'd love to come on the show. Can we talk about this? I'm like, wow, that's wild. I'd love to talk. Eventually, work our way through to whatever. And if you guys have any things you want to find out, like you know, talk about what, how would you go about? What's the best way to? I, things I'm thinking about. What's the best way to learn? how to find mushrooms in the wild. What's the best way? What are the best supplements that would, you know, augment if I'm trying to achieve certain things? What are the side effects? Yeah. So definitely. we've got a, a great naturopath who's dealt with this a lot, uses mushrooms as a consultant. Mm -hmm. and he goes, I would really like to talk about some of the cons because all you hear is, you know, the pros. And that's great also. I want to get into that. We've got all kinds of stuff. I think it's really cool that we're catching up on this subject matter too because actually when we did have Cooper on, it was fascinating and at the same time i felt just really inadequate to keep up on the subject matter because he was <laughs> he, he was a completely different country and we were stuck here going I'm, I'm not sure i'm following every single thing that he's saying but all the way just from him saying remember it's the mycelium it's the mycelium and yeah. I, you know we're, we're alive at the time so it's like how do i ask what the mycelium is yeah <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was like that. And since that time, we've we've actually were inspired by Cooper to kind of really start digging in deep and uh, it's paid off. And it's I'm, I'm excited to have uh, the next two, maybe even three guests join us here. Pretty soon. I mean, eventually, if I can talk you into it, I want you to get another pig and we're going to go truffle hunting. Ooh, can we truffle hunt here? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what we're going to have. We're going to have a truffle expert join our... Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, don't know, I don't know enough about it. I mean, the way I see it, if you're, if you're thinking about this, you're like, okay, I've never really thought about mushrooms. If you're like me, never really thought about mushrooms. And now I'm realizing if I've got my polyphenol ring here and I know quite a bit about the endocannabinoid system over here, you need to fill that in. And now we're going to bring in the third circle to form this Venn diagram. Kind of feels like they all augment each other in different ways, in synergistic ways. Definitely, so. yeah. No, it, it it makes sense. the uh, The proof is in the pudding. I think that that choosing the right things to complement what you eat, how you live your lifestyle, of course, still getting good sleep. But what's crazy is when you eat right, you select the right kinds of foods to eat. Sleep actually becomes easier. 
functioning throughout the day, becoming more productive becomes easier. For sure. And even when we've met with other experts, like the owners of Four Sigmatic and stuff like oh, that, yeah. I didn't know what to ask. Yeah, that, that actually, that's that was really funny also because we we had just had Cooper on the show by the time we met Marcus, and I can remember us sitting there going, "Man, this is fantastic." What do we say to him? <laughs> yeah, well, because guy. we've heard we've heard all these people like like Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic did a great job of advertising on different podcasts. Yeah, but they but they brought value in doing it. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. And then I'll even hear Rogan talk about different, sure. you know, different. And there's there's mushroom coffees and all this other stuff. This is the stuff I want to know. Yeah, like yeah. they want to like this is the stuff that you say. Just go. Do you want to improve your microbial diversity? Do you want to decrease inflammatory markers? That's not making a claim. No. That's referencing studies that have been done. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. Yeah. So. That makes sense. I'm going to start using. So um, grass-fed meat, bag of fresh spinach, some spices, onion, zucchini, garlic, zucchini, and then really every and any mushroom you can get your hands on. Yeah. And it adds bulk. It adds micronutrients. And fix that up, and you got yourself several meals. Maybe pretty soon, and I, I don't think we'll have it in time for production. We should throw the uh, the recipe up in one of the show notes or something like that, just to get some feedback on what people think of it. Yeah, and you know what we'll do? We'll hit up Gabrielle Lyon, who oh, is yeah. who's she's um, a great, brilliant doctor. I heard her on um, Saldino's podcast, mm -hmm. and then her and I were talking one time where I was like, "Hey, man, I heard you talk about that." She does this, but without the mushrooms. Oh, okay. And, and she's a bodybuilder. She's a bodybuilder in great shape. And yeah. So yeah, if I can um, just take the time to do this. It's just a, just, I, I love it. It tastes so good. It does taste very good. And it's got the fiber in it. And it's got the protein content and the micronutrients. Once again, the fiber, fiber, fiber. We do not get enough fiber in our diets. No, no. And, and this, this is an easy way to make it happen. It's almost like a sneaky way to make it happen. <laughs> It's like the anti-food industry meal. It's like, ha ha, yeah. you think it tastes good. You're not getting anything out of it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to keep buying anything from you. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for, uh, that's going to be all for episode number 60. Be sure and tune in for our follow-ups. Like and share, Dr. Ken, anything to add? Yeah, so we're really gaining some traction right now and having some fun. It would really mean a lot if everyone would just go to iTunes and like it, share it. Make some watches on YouTube because that to uh, getting some traction there is a big deal. Spotify. We're, Spotify. We're having some great guests lined up and it's because we're getting a little bit of traction and I learn a lot from this. I love the questions that we get. So fire them our way and we can help out. I know somebody's going to ask, well, wait a minute. I thought you were going to talk about mushrooms. You didn't say anything about hallucinations or anything like that. No, they, those are some of the 1.5 million that we haven't gotten to. Yeah, just one of the 1.5 million. <laughs> That's all. Y'all have a great day. We'll see y'all soon. Have a great one. Episode 60. Stay safe.